G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg's back with us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here. Uh, Greg, let's start with this Australian doctor, provisionally suspended from practising medicine two years now and for speaking his mind and sharing his faith. Dr. Jareth Cock, he'll get his day in court. What's the latest? Yeah, now, look, this is really sad. I mean, um, we, we spoke about Israel Falau some years ago, but look, now, here's a picture. You've got a young doctor, um, 15 years, practised medicine as a GP in Melbourne. Uh, his patients loved him. Uh, he did his work. Um, he was, there was no complaints against him. He, he was highly valued as a local GP. Then, all of a sudden, um, some activist, anonymous anonymous activist now, which is very important, I won't put their name to it, decided to complain to the medical board that Jareth's uh, tweets and posts on, you know, on, on social media contained Christian faith and belief uh, posting. So all of a sudden, the medical board decides to suspend this poor chap. And he's got a family, he's got a mortgage, I suspect, he's got all sorts of bills to meet. And so he's been now suspended, Neil, for two years. Well, finally, the medical board has come up with, uh, with, with its ruling and said, OK, we're going to court now. And, and uh, this was only decided uh, what, a few days ago, back in August, uh, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago. And then what happened there was that he's now going to go to court because he now has to defend himself for making a social uh, media post about his Christian faith. Now, nothing to do with his practice, highly regarded, qualified, and now he lo- he's been suspended for two years, not being able to f- feed his family, uh, not being able to earn an income, and we've got COVID as well. Now, this is tragic, and it's about time, because this case highlights a number of important facts that we need to address now. <clears throat> so his case will go to the Victorian State Administrative Tribunal for trial, and wide-ranging implications for religious freedom here, Greg. Absolutely, and this is the aspect that, you know, people keep telling me, oh, Greg, you always talk about cancel cultural. Hello, this is a classic example. Here we have a doctor that, that now sees cancel culture coming into his workplace. In other words, we've got, we've got to make sure that we push back against this cancel culture to ensure that, you know, regulators and employers cannot unfairly punish people for expressing a speech uh, you know, in, in their own way, and, and, and to also have a freedom of Christian belief. Now, if we can't do and speak our faith socially on media, which I do on my Facebook post and Twitter, um, then we're really living in the wrong country. And also, this has had big implications for religious freedom, in particular for Christians that want to express their faith 
in the public arena now. Greg, you said a nameless activist, someone who made a complaint anonymously and weren't even able to put their name to it, and uh, mm. that put this doctor under investigation and then putting him on trial uh, for saying things that are Christian in his own personal uh, social media posts. The fact that it's a nameless activist, that could mean that anyone nameless or anonymously could uh, complain about any of us, doesn't it? And this is the real issue. You know, we've got to put an end to this now. We can't have people out there that are, you know, saying, oh, I'm offended by this. And, uh, you know, if I'm offended, then, you know, I'm going to complain. Put your name to it. Let us know who you are. Maybe we can address it in a different way. But we can't have people going around throwing these accusations about a person that's been doing his job doing it well for 15 years, an ordinary mum and dad in Australia, uh, and all of a sudden someone decides because they're from either from the left or the pro-LGBTI, whatever it is. They could be anybody. They could, be, they could well be, you know, a, a, a Christian that's offended by him or something. But the point is, put your name to it, Neil. Make sure that we have these people identified so we can address the issues that they have, not just wantonly accuse somebody who has now lost his income for two years, has been, you know, his reputation is probably shattered, uh, but let's go to court and let's see that, that, you know, what the outcome will be, because we've got to pray for this chap. Now we've got to really make sure that we pray for him and the result will come out in favour of Christians being allowed to express their faith in public arena. Well, his name is Dr. Jareth Kok, K-O-K, and uh, in earlier conversations I've had about this case, uh, there is uh, there is some fundraising that's going on to, to help him in that uh, legal battle, and uh, I don't have yep. the... Uh, do you have any uh, detail about how yep. people can support there? Is there any link on the Family Voice website, Greg? Yeah, we, 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 we had a campaign to help him out, so if you want to just contact Family Voice, I can provide the details for anybody now. Fabulous stuff. Uh, okay, let's move on. A little bit of optimism here, where the communications minister... Uh, is taking a positive position about the idea of protecting children from online pornography. What's the latest here, Greg? Oh, now this is a real issue for every mum and dad, grandparent and what have you. Uh, and we've got to be aware of this and we've got to make an issue. Of it. Look, Family Voice was fortunate enough to have a one-to-one meeting with the Minister, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Communications Minister, the Honourable Paul Fletcher. And in that meeting, uh, there, there were issues raised, but in particular about... Uh, child pornography. Now, do you know how easy it is for somebody to access pornography uh, on on your phone? We did a little bit of a porn phone browser check, and and um, and and, it, and and what came up was about sixteen explicit videos came up. As soon as you typed in the word porn on your on your mobile phone, uh, it had awful. Uh, sees portraying incest, sex with students and everything. People as young as five kids can access it because I just heard today on the news now that one in ten kids have a mobile phone now and as young as five. So, Neil, these are real issues and our discussions with the minister were very, very fruitful and and, uh, it's something we really need to spread uh, widely. So, Paul Fletcher understands that children are vulnerable and they are at risk. Uh, Look, I don't have the exact uh, 
quote to cite, except to say uh, I did hear the other day that uh, a third of children under 12 actually have a mobile phone. So uh, every child in some sense here, whether they have that mobile phone or they know someone in the schoolyard who does, uh, could be at risk. Uh, the idea yep. too, you, you've, you've raised these things with the communications minister, uh, the idea too of a children's e-safety commissioner. He, uh, he, what was his thoughts on, on the e-safety commissioner? Well, we're fortunate. We've got one. We're one of the first in the world to have an e-safety commissioner appointed. And not only that, the minister has now um, passed the Online Safety Act, which is new legislation, uh, and it gives stronger powers for government to make sure that there are codes and regulations in place to regulate the offshore porn industry. Now, you know, it is sad, Neil. As I said, I became a grandfather last year, and I've gone, look at my lovely daughter, granddaughter Daisy, and I say, I would hate for it. Mind you, she loves my mobile phone. I don't know why. But they love playing with it, kids. And, you know, it just saddens me when I, when I think that somebody as young as five, six, seven, or whatever, under 12, can access this pornography online. So we were really encouraged our... Our Victorian um, uh, uh, child safety coordinator, Peter Stevens in Victoria, did a wonderful job in getting this issue highlighted. And uh, as I said, our discussions with the minister proved very, very fruitful. But, Neil, we don't want kids accessing porn on their mobile phones. So this sort of legislation is going to be really, really important. And we need to make sure that we're on top of this and let every mum and dad know that they need to check on their child's phone usage. Uh, Greg, the idea that the communications minister uh, suggests that telecommunication companies have failed community yeah. expectations, that's got to be another positive uh, that you've gleaned there as well. Oh, absolutely. Look, I had a quick look at the profits made by the telecommunications companies. And, Neil, quite frankly, you know, you and I both know, and I've got to say, I was a victim of this, Neil, because when I first bought my daughter a mobile phone, well, she got onto all sorts of, you know, gaming portals and what have you until the bills came in now. And I said, hey, darling, what have we got here? In other words, children are very, very open to accessing unwanted material on their mobiles and in particular their computers as well, I guess, laptops or whatever, smartphones. But the telecommunications companies need to make sure that they regulate their own products and services and in this respect Paul Fletcher said that that you know that the telecommunication telecommunication companies have actually now failed in their community expectations so this is great news coming out from the government and in particular Paul Fletcher Greg let's turn our attention to being in lockdown and the rise in internet gambling because uh, so many people listening to our conversation today whether you're in Sydney or throughout New South Wales uh, Melbourne throughout Victoria uh, lots of lockdown happening and continuing on and uh, and the idea of internet gambling being on the rise this is a real concern too isn't it Oh, absolutely. Now, it, uh, it really is. Uh, look, I have to tell you that and I'm not saying it's only men, but uh, with Father's Day coming up, you know, and, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, and if you're biblically inclined, then fathers are the head of the household. Now, unfortunately, gambling tends to affect men more so than women. By men, I mean children again, Neil, young ones that are very much into gambling. And, um, and, and that's a real issue. So what's happened here is I came across some research which, which has huge implications for Australia, that online betting rose significantly in 
in the UK, and um, and, and in particular, it rose something like 12% within, within a matter of a year. Now, the interesting thing here, Neil, and as we just spoke about it, that half of those who gambled online during the past year did so using a mobile device, such as a smartphone. So again, we've got kids, adults using their phone for gambling. Now, why are they doing this? Well, now I can tell you. Loneliness, you know, you're isolated, you've got no work, you've got, you've got other pressures, you've got financial pressures, and these issues lead to gambling. So we've got to make sure once again that, as Australia, that, 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 that Australian families are aware that any form of isolation, loneliness, what, will lead you to some form of gambling. And we've got to make sure that we let the families know that you know this needs to be addressed and there is help out there, Neil. Yeah, well, it's another consequence, isn't it, of uh, the dangers of what comes uh, with these severe lockdowns. Uh, Greg, Family Voice looking to launch a clean-up gambling campaign. Uh, what are you intending for that? Yeah, look, well, I'm, I'm looking at this right now. Look, we've got to clean up gambling, and uh, I think I may have mentioned before, you know, we've got gambling advertisements, in particular betting, on primetime TV between uh, 6pm and 7pm. I watch the news and there are at least a half a dozen ga- gambling advertisements. Now, that's family viewing time in my view. You know, young adults, young kids, families looking at it and they're advertising gambling, betting, betting, betting. I mean, it's absolutely, you know, mind-boggling. And, and one of the things I have to tell you, Neil, the research, and this is what's really prompted me to get this um, uh, th- this campaign off because... 60% of gambling income comes from those experiencing gambling problems. So in other words, it's the repeat offender, Neil. The people that suffer from gambling are the ones that tend to spend the most. So really, my book, Gambling is a Wealth Hazard, it will lead to violence, financial, social and health problems. And we've got to address this now because, you know, it's going to cause more and more problems for everybody and I'm pleased to say, in a way, that the New South Wales government actually has a survey at the moment uh, looking for feedback on how to regulate gaming machines. And that's uh, all you've got to do is go to the government website. But, Neil, we've got to address this problem because it's a lockdown explosion. You know, it is really, really causing mums and dads, but in particular fathers, husbands, you know, to, to, to engage in gambling to try and solve their social or other problems that they may exist. And you know what? The real answer is our Lord Jesus Christ now. And for listeners, let me say feedback on the gaming machines, uh, submissions closing Friday the 10th of September, Greg, and uh, have your say dot nsw.gov.au and uh, there'll be a link there for the gaming machine uh, submissions and uh, no doubt Mm. that link will be on your website too. Before I let you go, Greg, uh, what sort of events have you got coming up? You got what's on your, uh, what's on your calendar for, uh, for people to participate in with Family Voice Australia? Look, Neil, very, very quickly, uh, there's a National Future of the Church virtual forum happening on the 13th of September. Please go onto our website. But, Neil, I'm going to give you what's called a scoop. Oh, good. And the scoop is today, just about an hour ago, I've just put out a press release that we're the Family Voice Father of the Father, Father's Day photograph competition. We've finally found, we've got, we've got um, uh, submissions all over Australia, and the winning entry, and you can see this on our website, is the Honourable Fred Nile MLC.
Well, now, okay. Fred, Fred's known as the father of the New South Wales Parliament, the old, oldest serving member. Uh, he entered in 1981. He retires this year. And there's a wonderful photo of him looking very pensive in the chamber of the House. So that photograph has, has, has won the competition. And we're, and we're so proud to be able to, uh, to, to, to call him our inaugural Father's Day photographic competition. Not him personally, but the photograph of, of Fred Knoll. So, Neil, there's a scoop for you. There you go. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. You know, you've heard it first on Neil's show. <laughs> <laughs> it might be premature to think that uh, you'll have the photo up on your website, but I'm sure it'll be coming there very shortly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Familyvoice.org.au. Family uh, Greg Bonder, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. God bless, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.